Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And on this stop, we will spend some time with the historical drama Harriet. Hoo-hoo-hoo! Harriet. Really? Hoo-hoo-hoo! Harriet? That's, that's what we're going to do with Harriet Tubman? Well, it actually is it's about where you're about to go. Keep going. A 2019 film directed by Cassie Lemons and starring Leslie Odom, mm-hmm. Janelle Monet, mm-hmm. and in the lead role as Harriet Tubman, Cynthia Erivo. <laughs> this was the choice of Lynn Webb. <laughs> yes, it was. But before we get to, this is not really that role, though. Like, I don't know how she is, but I guess that's what we'll talk about. That's what we'll talk about. You was just... You have like a Harriet Tubman fetish? And I, I got a Cynthia. No judgment. I got a Cynthia Revo. Cynthia, all right. Yeah. But besides that, <laughs> how's it going? How's it going, Lynn? It's going pretty good, Vincent. All right. Shout out to each and every one of you out there um, watching us as we are streaming live from MNYK Studios. Right here in Maniunk, Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. Our new new studio. Don't it we look all fancy? And yeah, stuff. yeah. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, as we are streaming via way of restream to YouTube as well as to our Facebook group. So shout out to each and every one of you out there in the chat. We see Jeffrey Thomas and Aaron Fry and everybody else popping up. Hello, 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 one and all. Good evening, one and all. All right. So, Vincent, let's jump right into it. We don't have any listener mail. Okay. This week. But this past Sunday was the Academy Awards. That's what I hear. You did not watch. The I awards. did not. Not one moment. You just do not get into awards. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's you don't care. There's so much more <laughs> to be fed. I could be doing. Were you were you one of the ones that were watching the season finale of The Last of Us? I did not. I'm actually not watching The Last of Us. Really? I'm 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 going I'm pass I'm take a pass. You're taking a pass. I mean cuz you I mean we are genre television fans. Right, right, us. right, right. Post my post-apocalyptic fair I have to keep in the category of I don't think this could happen. Oh, okay. The okay. whole concept of The Last of Us mm-hmm. that this fungus that actually exists. Right. right. This zombie fungus that they that, they introduced like really like first scene of the series. Right. 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 And and the zombie fungus that exists and, and it takes over insects, usually ants, mm-hmm. has leaped to humanity. And as far as we know, as far as science is concerned, it doesn't happen because I believe our, our internal temperature. Right is too warm. Right. But they theorize that because of climate change, it could adapt yes. and then jump to humanity. And I said, nope. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. It nope. sounds too much like a textbook. It's yeah. a little, you, you know, it's, it's uh, after the pandemic. No, that's true. And I'm being like, I'm being optimistic saying after. Right. As if people aren't actually dying. Still, and I'm still out here wearing masks. Right. Right. Like, no. uh, okay. I got like my science fiction with laser guns. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. And so, transporters so. and stuff like that. But from what I understand, it's very good. It is very good. 
Very season good. finale this this week. I think they did, they nailed the landing. Nailed I it. enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every step along the way right. of the series. Really enjoyed it. Um, but the other thing that you didn't watch this weekend was the Academy Awards. I did not. Um, that we have we've talked about just a little bit sure, here on the sure, show. Sure. Um, primarily how certain films and directors were kind of like overlooked. Right, right. Not given their just due. From what I understand, we may have a whole documentary that touches... We do have a documentary on, that touches on something on like that. study. Yes, yes. From the Oscars. So. The uh, Class of 1989, which is our new podcast documentary series out there, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you find podcasts, so feel free to check that out. We actually have a uh, episode that is on our feed right now, a little teaser. Right. Uh, episode zero. Right, introducing feed. all of the films, including... Of course, Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Which won the Academy Award for the best film of 1989. Yes. And I don't think we should ever, ever forget that. No. That Driving Miss Daisy won the Academy Award. According to the voters Mm -hmm. in the Academy. Yes. Yes. In the year 1989. In the year 1989. The same year that Do the Right Thing Right. Was not even nominated. That's very true. I always like to correct people. People say, oh, it beat Do the Right Thing. It's like, oh, it didn't beat Do the Right Thing. Because <laughs> Do the, Do right, the right Thing wasn't invited. It was not even invited right. to the party. So, so, That's right. so yes, those Academy Awards. Yes. Um, which is another, you know, uh, uh, brick in the wall of proof that these awards are, what did you call them before we turned on the microphones? I think I said bullshit. That is exactly, I think that is exactly what you've called. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to hear you tell it, even yeah. though you haven't seen it, but you're well aware of the winners. Right, right. You know, There the, was the, a, yet another brick. The Fuhrer du jour. In this growing wall. Is that Jamie Lee Curtis won the Supporting Actress Academy Award for, I always get the title wrong. Everything, everything everywhere, all at Everything, once. everywhere, all at once. Yes, which is a fantastic film. Yes, and an which pretty absolutely much absolutely fantastic. Like film. swept a lot of right. the other. Swept Michelle Yao won yeah. for best actress. Right. The film won for best uh, movie. Best movie. Best film. Right. Yeah. Um. And and the Fuhrer has been over her winning over Angela Bassett in Wakanda forever. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis winning over and and I agree with that. You, you know, I really, you know, I really thought Angela Bassett was spectacular in Wakanda Forever. While I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was solid, mm-hmm. I thought that Angela Bassett was spectacular. But what was so egregious to me that we discussed yes. before, because I also somehow it didn't dawn on me that Stephanie Zoo Zoo yes was also nominated. And it's Stephanie Zoo who plays the daughter who plays in the everything, daughter everywhere all at once who. Is amazing. She is. She is amazing. Full stop. She is so, no joke. I'm supposed to believe that in this film that Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Zhu are in this film together. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis gave the better performance, worthy of acclaim. That's yeah. what we're going with. Yeah. See, I, me myself, I. I loved Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved her. I thought she murdered it. Yes. Right? But I did recognize... What more do you want from me? I, I, I understand. Yeah. 
But I do recognize that Jamie Lee Curtis's role in everything is the showier role, mm-hmm. right? So, and I guess because I'm also a fan of Jamie Lee Curtis, sure, she probably has paid as many dues as Angela Bassett Absolutely. In, the, in this game. Notice we've moved away from performance now. Don't understand. Okay, but I'm about to go. But I'm about to go back there. So I didn't necessarily have. I was fine with Jamie Lee maybe taking it over Angela Bassett because one, I think it's the more showy role. And I, and, and to me, I think she is maybe doing a little bit more mm-hmm. there. But then when you mentioned that Stephanie Sue <laughs> was also nominated, now I agree. Now this is bullshit Look. because Stephanie Sue is everything. She is probably as many you know, levels as Michelle Yao has to show yes. in this in this film. Stephanie has to show just as many, and may, and some might even argue even more so because yes. the 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 villain turn, for lack of a, a a better word, in this movie, you don't necessarily see coming. Right. You know when it comes. So when it comes, you're like, oh, you know. So she actually has a little bit like a little bit more to do, and she she murders it. So. Look, Jamie I'm with Lee Curtis is Hollywood royalty, mm-hmm. everything that goes with that. And like you said, we all like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. But yeah. let's not pretend the Academy is sitting somewhere making these cold, detached, objective choices. Okay. Like, let's just call it what it is. Now, I'll tell you what did surprise me. Like, if you had asked me of, of these two matchups... I was pleasantly surprised that Ruth Carter won again. Really? I really thought that if they were, like, if you had told me that this was an everything, everywhere. All at once. All at once night. Mm-hmm. I would have thought costume design would have won too. Because costumes are bananas in this film. I think the costumes and the 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 I think more so the set the design. set design more than the costume. Yeah, because yeah. Stephanie Zhao and Michelle Yeoh had on some frocks. They did, but I I think I think the the set design is what really sells that sells it more sells than, it more. Than the Whereas Ruth Carter, she she had to basically create hey. like almost like. A history yeah. of their ensembles and, yeah. and the clothing and for a, Wakanda as well as for the the quote unquote Atlantis. I was about to say you had to create a brand new environment. Right. Right. Yeah. So I I shout out Ruth. I, I, I saw Ruth Carter taking this all the way. Oh, well, you know, again, if this was about quality, mm-hmm. then yeah. But, now my think my thinking, my joke was so now Ruth Carter is the costume designer of of note, yes. of fame. Yeah. Right? So does Ruth Carter now replace probably the most other prominent famous costume designer of fame, Edith Head? Like if, if Ruth sure. Carter... Like the does she create the next iteration of Incredibles costumes? Because <laughs> you know yeah, that that yeah, Namol yeah, is, is yeah, yeah. modeled after Edith Head. I mean, I mean, maybe 
That might kind of be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. That would That's be real cool. inside baseball. That's inside right baseball, but what, hey, right, right, hey, well, right. you know, yeah. you know, we don't play baseball. But right, like right, it. right. But, you know, again, let's be clear, no no diss to Jamie Lee Curtis. None, none whatsoever. Love but, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, and I loved her shouting out that she was winning this for yeah. the thousands and thousands right. of genre fans like you and I. But let's not her. pretend the Academy Awards is anything but what it's always been. And and what is that again? Oh, some bullshit. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's move from the bullshit. Moving on. <laughs> Moving through. We'll move from the bullshit. As we continue. Did we promise MNYK Studios that this was a family show? No. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> this, I'm just checking the tape. We're keeping it. I think that's what, PG-13? We're still in PG-13. We've said bullshit about four times already. Pretty sure that's still PG-13. That's not PG-13. Kevin Picard dropped an F-bomb last week. Okay, yes. Yeah. But that was... I know that- there's I know there's. There's always some great negotiation. I bet this is still PG-13. I don't think so. I bet less than five bullshits is still PG-13. Well, you've just said the fifth. Okay. Right. So, so now, we can't say so now, any now more. We're good. We're now done. We're good. So, so, so no more profanity. No nipples. <laughs> we got to watch the alcohol consumption. Yes. Smoking is a no-no. Smoking is a no-no. The alcohol, though. Mm-hmm. Someone's told me, and I'll just be up front, my girlfriend. Yes. Khadijah. She said, there's something missing from our our set, and she said, "It's alcohol. Alcohol. Even if even if we're not necessarily we're not drinking, drinking it, but it, maybe like a couple of decanters. just have it like sort of sitting there. Yeah. And also, just in full disclosure, I would never drink while we're on. Like what I would do is I would do the Dean Martin. Oh, so the iced tea. I thought it was apple, apple juice. Apple juice. Yeah, yeah. Apple I'd, juice. I'd have it apple juice and pretend. Yeah. So. To be fair, that's what she she said. She said we could just be drinking just, apple juice, just pretend, but have the like a decanter. But see, but now that's messing with the PG thirteen because I, you know, it's depicting us with alcohol. I know all that goes into the calculations. I don't think the alcohol plays as much, that far as far as long as we're not portrayed as intoxicated. Ah, okay. Yeah, and we're not showing that we're drinking copious amounts without being intoxicated. <laughs> right, new. You say, let me go drive the school bus. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay. Like, take the kids to. <laughs> top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. The top five, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent and I get together. I give Vincent a top five list. He offers commentary. Commentary. From you, Vince. From, from it's me. only you can get Right, right, right. It's not just me talking from the peanut gallery. No. It's commentary. Yes, it's commentary. Right All, right. All right, now. All right, so what we got? Tonight's top five is inspired by Harriet Tubman. Okay. But it's, real. it's inspired. Hearted. Well, it's inspired by a, a, a Harriet Tubman that you may not be aware of. Now, I didn't see this movie in the theaters, right? Okay. And the reason why I didn't see Harriet Tubman in the theaters is because around the time that this film came out, a Harriet Tubman comic book. Yes. Um, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. That's right. By David um, uh, Crownson and uh, Joey Vasquez as as the artist. Mm -hmm. Which um, suppose that Harriet Tubman 
was also like uh, 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 slayed the demons as she was trying to free the slaves. Yes. Because the slaves were being, some of the slaves were being owned by demons. Yes. Yes. And it was a very interesting, cool little piece of speculative oh, fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And when this film came out around the same time, and I learned that this actually wasn't an adaptation of Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. <laughs> you were disappointed. I was a slightly disappointed. You were disappointed. I was slightly disappointed. All you heard was Cynthia Revo and Swords. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Well, I was there. Need? Yeah. I was there. All right. And if anyone has ever seen Cynthia Revo's, um, like, workout regiment, yeah. you would know that you would want to see her. She could have played. Slaying some demons. The Demon Slayer. Oh, my right. God. Yeah. Yes, dog. Yeah. She is beasts like that yeah so i was a little disappointed yes disappointed to the fact that i to the point where i didn't want to go (laughs) and see this movie and then be disappointed by the movie and be like why didn't y'all make harriet tubman demon slaying right right the lack of demons and slaying Yes. Right. So it it upset me. Right, right. Cassie Lemons, I hope when you listen to this, you take notes for the sequel. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so what I did in taking that inspiration, though, because I like the idea right. of Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, which is along the same lines of some people may remember that there was a book and a movie mm-hmm. that came out, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So taking these people or moments in time right, from and history putting them together it, it, with some speculative fiction. Sure, absolutely. So what I've done, yeah, yeah. I've taken some specific black people from history mm-hmm. and melded them with speculative fiction. Right, it's like Freddie Rerun Stubbs, Tom Traveler. Akin to that. Okay. But these are like, through Tom. But the, but Freddie rerun Stubbs. Well, I guess he was an actual person, right? Right. right. All right. So through Tom, <laughs> is that how he goes through Tom? He's like quantum leap, but with pop and locking. Pop. <laughs> oh my god! Why do people watch us? Okay, so so this is the top five speculative black history. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. And number five, number five is a layup. Okay, it's a layup. Jesse Owens, Jesse Owens, as Jesse Quick, as Jesse Quick. Yes. Now, for those comic book fans, may or may not know because he's a kind of an older character. Back in the forties, along with the Golden Age Flash, mm-hmm. there was another speedster. Mm-hmm. Of course, a white guy, and he was called Johnny Quick. Mm-hmm. who would say some secret formula yes. that would then activate his super speed. Yes. Right? Well, suppose you took that origin mm-hmm. and infused it upon the real American hero. Jesse Owens. That is Jesse Owens as the, you know, the fastest man alive. Mm-hmm. Um, he then becomes the first speedster. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, wins in the Olympics wins in the historically, like he did, but also Hitler. kills Hitler. Kills Hitler. Yes, which would upset him even more. Well, yes, it would. Okay, but then think about it, Jesse Quick. Now, the first speedster mm-hmm. of the family of speedsters. Right, and now the speed force is. The 
the more or less the property mm. of African Americans throughout geeky. time. It's real geeky. That's real. It. It's real geeky. It's real geeky. Yeah. That's real dope. Though. Yeah, I like it. It you know and and think of how many times the world's fastest man has been a black man. Yes. And now you learn that they actually, actually tied in with the speed, the speed force. The speed force. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. A black man can't be fast without magic. Is that where you going? No. No. They're, they're, Is that where you're going? They're, they're, no. Yeah, but no. Black man can't train real hard. <laughs> oh, see. Black man got, got to have magic. No, it doesn't have to have magic. First of all, it's not magic. It's super science, and it is. It, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a math, mathematical equation mm-hmm. that Johnny Quick says. Right. He doesn't just says ooga booga. <laughs> he says like three times four carried to two pi seven, something like that. Wow, you remember the formula? I, that's, I, I, I guarantee it, it's totally wrong. But it's, it's, it's closer so ma- to right than not. Not to say that I remember the formula, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it's a mathematical equation. Yes, all right. So it's super science. So super science. So black black people. So like have tapped that it. song supersonic would then be about the eighties version. See. JJ, I think JJ Fat was was actually talking. They were actually tied into the supersonic. They were actually talking about Jesse Quick's granddaughter at that point. Maybe they were the granddaughters of Jesse. The the JJ Fat were the granddaughters of Jesse Quick, and so in the part of the song where they say they're actually speaking so fast that you can't hear that they're actually doing the scientific equation because we don't have enacting their their superpowers. I think you might be And they turn the into the super speed group Supersonic. Supersonic. Which then uh, equates to why they didn't have such a long lasting career because they were too busy, you know, saving the world. Saving the world. As Supersonic. All right. All right. Stick a pin in that idea. That's actually that's not gonna, a bad idea. That's going <laughs> to that's gonna, that's gonna play a role oh, later. Wait, jot that down. All right. <laughs> All right. So that was number five. Let's copyright the Michelle mission for people. That was number five. All right. Number four. Number four. Number four is going to take a little bit of a leap. Okay. Because I'm basing number four on the historic comic strip um, creator, Maury Turner. Okay. Who created the comic strip We Pals. We Pals. From the early 70s. A lot of people probably don't remember this. It it lasted um, from 1972 to 2014. So that's already almost what 10 years yeah, been yeah, going yeah. and even at it in 2014 it was not as you know popular no was it still syndicated i think it was still syndicated but very yeah uh, not as widely syndicated it was a, a, a comic strip ladies and gentlemen um uh, that was the about a diverse group of children it was the first comic book the first comic strip syndicated in the united states to have a cast of diverse ethnicity Dub the Rainbow Gang, mm-hmm. right? Because they had a, they had a, a black kid, they had Asian, they had white, Hispanic, and they were all about the ages of the Peanuts Gang. Right. It was it was absolutely a, a riff on, on Peanuts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, but definitely more like pro socio political storylines mm-hmm. um, baked in it because of the time in which it, it its popularity, height of its popularity, were the early to mid seventies. Sure, where sure. Weep House was like everywhere, and I actually mm-hmm. even think if they didn't have a cartoon series, I think they did do one or two cartoon specials. 
of the of We Pals. You might be right. I seem to remember seeing yeah. them animated. I just remember the collections. Well, the collections like, I still were definitely have three or four collections yeah. of We Pals. Yeah. So, my speculative fiction, okay, is what if We Pals does get the acclaim of Peanuts? Okay, and then it turns into and it turns into this huge. Um, cultural phenomenon. Cultural phenomenon. Okay. So that we are now speaking of Maury Turner in the same hallowed tones that we speak of Charles Schultz. Okay. That's basically the speculative fiction. It really is just giving Maury Turner his just Right, his shot. And is he still alive? I believe he may have passed. Okay. I, I, I didn't check that part. Okay. I'm with that. With that... Hell, we could make that come true. Yeah, I would. This love is like to, Last of Us. I would love to see, like, especially now in the days of computer generation, computer animation, where it could really approximate his cartoonist style, which I think would work well in computer animation. People wondered whether or not, when they did the Peanuts movie, mm-hmm. whether or not that would work in computer animation, and they made it work. I thought, I thought that movie was like very well done and I actually enjoyed it I feel like in real time that's actually not a bad thing to research like Maury Turner mm-hmm. like has anyone done any documentary work on Maury Turner that's a good question I feel like PBS maybe did a special on it because he's an but, int- it was an interest it's an interesting story and like mm-hmm. you said there was that pocket of time where he really was this this kind of cult he had this this footprint mm-hmm. almost like the boondocks before the boondocks yeah but that's definitely a softer edge than the boondocks. no 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 i'm just talking about as this black cartoon okay and then if you think about he was probably when it, we're talking about early 70s mid 70s yeah. he probably was the predominant black cartoon at that time don't you think he, he absolutely was and if you want to call that diverse cast a black cartoon yeah yeah absolutely yeah, I'm trying to think about that. That's really it. Let's talk about that later, too. All right, well, well, we're You're talking about a lot of stuff we should talk about when it's not cameras in our face. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Another great idea Lynn's about to throw out. <laughs> I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Remember what I said about J.J. Fad not being able to really manifest their destiny as a as a group because they were busy being supersonic. Right, 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 right. I really stole that idea from my number three. Okay, which is? The Marvelettes. The Marvelettes. The Marvelettes, who a lot of people do not realize they were a Motown group. Yes. They were actually, with Please Mr. Postman, mm-hmm. that was actually Motown's first That's number right. one hit. That, that is 100% correct. They created their first number one hit. Um, but suppose the Marvelettes, who uh-huh. were a quartet of four black women. Yes. Suppose they are in real life the Fantastic Four. <laughs> they got Marvel in their name, the Marvelettes. They've got powers. They There's, four of them. There's four of them. There are four They're of them. Adventurers. They're adventurers. They're going to save the world. Save the world. They go to different dimensions. They sing early R&B. They sing very early R&B. Right. You know? All right. Um, and because of that, 
the Supremes are able to come in and steal their shine. It's, it's, it's a space for the Supremes. Yes, the Temptations come in and steal their shine, but they don't care. Because they're, they're saving the world. They're saving the world. One beat at a time. One, one beat at a time, see, Vincent. Now my stuff, see, now my stuff. See? As your stuff. Can we collectivize? Yes. Yes. All right. You like that, don't I, you? I look, man. I'm, I'm the Marblelettes, that's the name. They don't even have to. That's you, the name you, of the movie. You had to. You don't even have to do anything to it. And the movie is a period piece. A, the movie is a period piece. All right. I like it. All right. That's, All right. That's number three. Number three. All right. Number two. Number two. Deep cut here. Deep. <laughs> We've had J.J. Fad in the Weep House, but somehow now we're doing a deep cut. Now we're doing a deep cut. Okay. This is a deep cut. All right. All right. Sophia Dannenberg. Okay. Stars in the movie called The World Above Below. Now, a lot of people don't know who Sophia Dannenberg is. Do you know who Sophia I Dannenberg do not. is? Sophia Dannenberg was the first African-American mm-hmm. to climb Mount Everest. Oh, okay. Climb to the top of Mount Everest. And she's a black woman. All right. Now, imagine. Mm-hmm. There have been, in history, there have been tons of people who have made it to the top of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. Most of them herald from Nepal. Yeah. Naturally. But just think is that every time they get to the top of Mount Everest, they're going there because they've heard a legend mm-hmm. that at the top of Mount Everest is where they will learn the secrets of the world. Okay. But every time they reach there, they're not worthy to learn it. Mm. And it is only when a black woman, Sophia Dannenberg, mm. reaches the summit of Mount Everest, that she is bestowed with the secrets of the world. And what does she do with them? She becomes Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep workshopping. We'll workshop. Keep workshopping. I had to, I had to, I had to go in there. We'll do, all right. That's, I, that's as far as I, I got. I like it. I, this is as far as I got. All right, we'll keep workshopping it. But you like that? Yeah. Got to get some kung fu in there somehow. Okay, well, she gets right, the kung right, fu. Right, right. Yeah, all right. Just, you know, you got to knock on the big door. She gets the world's largest nunchucks. There's big door, and then the dude opens it. She gets the glow. Gets the glow. There you go. There you go. And she's worthy of the glow. She is worthy of Not the glow. Not Bruce Leroy. Right, right. She gets the right, glow. Right. Don't, don't, don't get me. Don't yeah, get there, me we there we go. There we go. There we go. The best dragon. Let's rename this. The, 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 best, best, dragon. the best dragon. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with it. All right. All right. Got me in my bag now. All right. Now, number one. Number one. Number one. The greatest of ideas. Yes. I'm reclaiming a title that has been used multiple times, I believe, but certainly once during the time of the uh, black exploitation. Okay. This is a movie called Black Moses. Black Moses. Black Moses. Is there a movie called Black Moses? I feel like there I had it was to have Black been. Samson. Okay. I, I just assumed there was a movie called Black Moses. It's fine if it's not. And if this is more is Dr. J's name in The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Right. We don't talk about that movie. No, you don't talk about that movie because <laughs> you don't have any joy in your heart. I, I, I talk about that movie all the time. I, I, I like it. Uh, go ahead. Black Moses. Black Moses. A reimagining. Mm-hmm. A world history. Okay. Where Richard Allen, the leader of Mother Bethel Church, mm-hmm. the founder of Mother Bethel Church. 
here in Philadelphia, where he finds that church, that is the springboard and the beginning of freedom of black people from slavery. Okay. And with that being the, the, the impetus for the freedom of all black people, world history is reimagined because slavery is ended that much sooner. Mm-hmm. Black people are, are able to be fully self-actualized mm-hmm. that much sooner, educated that much sooner. Those who want to return to Africa, they can do so. Mm-hmm. And, and, and America is made to reconcile with their part in the slave trade, not the, the BS that they, they give you the 40 acres and a mule. No, they actually have to, right. Didn't even get that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They actually have to come up with, with receipts. They have to actually pay their just due. And now world history is changed. My idea for this is that you could go one of two ways. The movie can be Richard Allen and him freeing the black people from slavery. Mm -hmm. Or it can just be a story set in America where slavery only lasted 20 years. Right. And now just seeing how different the world looks. Yeah. In that lens. From that lens. Yeah. You know, it'd be... It'd be very happy. It'd be a, a, a joyful movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the opposite of all those movies that are always in some stage of development. Of what if slavery never ended? Right. 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 No. What if slavery didn't even get really get right, started? Right, right. It's always a dude. What if slavery never ended? It's like, okay, you actually have a little drool in the corner of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Wipe that off. <laughs> yes. They sit there like, you know, let's just live here for a minute. Right. right. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. I like it. Like that? I like it. I, I, I like it. Getting Nicole Hannah-Jones to talk about mm-hmm. all of the economic and social and, and everything that came from slavery. For Yeah. I like it. Yes. The beautiful thing about all five of these. Okay. Is I can find a role for Nia Long in every one of these projects. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm, I'm sure you can. Yep. Find a role for her. You know, we talked about the actress who played all three witches in the tragedy of Macbeth that just came out a couple of years ago. Nia Long could play all three members of J.J. Fat. She could. She could play all the Marvelettes. She could play all four of the Marvelettes. We've got seven roles for seven roles for Nia Long. Seven roles for Nia Long. I'll leave some space for Cynthia Derivo. And, and we'll throw... Anika Noni Rose. May throw her bone. Well, thank you for that. Well, aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah. Magnanimous. At least I could do for you, brother. At least I could do for you. All right. Well, there you go. There's the top five, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know what you thought about the top five. Hit us up. Email us, michellemission at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our social medias at michellemission. Farrell Blackwell has an addition to the list um, looking on the chat. What if, now hang with me, what if. Siskel and Ebert were black. What if? What if? What if Siskel and Ebert? What a strange world that would be. 
Really? Would it? Uh, I don't think that really <laughs> would change things <laughs> that much. Uh, Robert Monroe Jr. actually did uh, give us some, a piece of information. Thank you, Robert. He says that Maury Turner passed in 2014. Oh, so that's probably, too bad. Probably his passing may have been what uh, brought the end of the comic strip. Sure. Oh, well, that's too bad. It ended in 2014. Yeah. Um, and just really quick, uh, looking through the... the the chat um, and Deborah Battle suggests Jesse Owens Nazi Hunter. Jesse Owens Nazi Hunter. As, as Jesse Quick. Yeah, Jesse Quick. Jesse there you go. Quick. Jesse Quick. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, in the chat. Vincent. Yes, sir. It's time for the Game of Kings. It is. Six Degrees of Derville Martin. Six Degrees of Derville Martin. <laughs> That's the key. Himself, an abolitionist and a demon slayer. He was. Also, one of the Marvelettes. With just a sense of I believe the original name was Durvel and the Martinets. And the Marvelettes. And the Martinets. And the Martinets. Yeah, and then when he left, they. Right. They grabbed their own idea. It was a marvel that they could continue. Mm. without the singular talent that was Derville Mark. And yet they continue. And yet they continue. Much like the Three Stooges did without Ted Healy. Boy, you are just... <laughs> you... 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 Boy. I am showing every one of my great You hands. know, you've backed yourself in the corner. No one else could do a show with you at this point. <laughs> like, just your random... Just... Like no one, and now it's all these cameras. Like anybody else is just gonna be a deer in headlights with you. But you knew I'm right there with and you, and that's why you're my partner. There you go all right, Durville Martin. What Six degrees of Durville Martin. What we got all right, Vincent. Uh, tying in again with our film tonight, Harriet. Yes, uh, these are two actors. Okay, who have played a slave. <laughs> in- <laughs> previously in a movie. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. What? Go ahead. They played enslaved persons. They have Go ahead. enslaved people. Okay. In movies. Who is the first person? And I'll go with the first person who is Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Come on. We just did. Like, I just used Charlton Heston as a step. Yeah, I know, but. Dervil Martin is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Portier. Sidney mm-hmm. Portier is in Uptown Saturday Night with Rosalind Cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is because we're going to do a version of this because Rosalind Cash is in the second adaptation of the of the novel I Am Legend with Charlton Heston, which is Omega Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be talking about I Am Legend sooner than later. Yes. So there you go. Okay. That's how you get to Charlton Heston. All right. Well, and then he becomes, he let, let my people go. I'm assuming you're referencing him in most, in um the Ten Commandments. Actually, I wasn't. What are you referencing him in? I'm referencing him in Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. Complete his There you Ben-Hur. go. All right. So there you go. Charlton Heston. He, a two-time slave. Two-time. There you go. <laughs> 
All right, number two. Number two. <laughs> um, and I may be pro- mispronouncing this this gentleman's name, so I apologize. Oh boy. Uh, uh, Digimon Hansu. Digimon Hansu. Okay. So I don't want to get to him. Is the question. Uh huh. Because the quickest way is through the Marvel Monk. Marvel? Yeah, because remember, he's in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. He is? Yes. Because I don't remember him. Yeah, yeah. But um, we will keep it thematic. He's in a Marvel movie. So, Dervil Martin is in yes Dervil Martin is of course in um Five on a Black Hands Out with Dick Anthony Williams mm-hmm. who's in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson right who is in Django Unchained with um Dude, Candy. Oh, Candy. Oh, Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio, who's in The Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yes. With Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Who is in Amistad with... Oh, Digimon Hansen. Digimon Hansen. That's not the movie I was thinking of. So I got two slave movies in there. Uh, I got Django and Amistad. So you see what I did? I see what you did. You see what I, see I did, what did there? I wasn't even thinking about Amistad. What were you thinking about? He plays a, a slave turned into a gladiator in Gladiator. Oh, he sure does. Yes. Yes. And I didn't think of him in the Marvel movies because now I see him in the Warner Brothers, in DC movies. No. Because he plays Shazam. Right. Shazam. No, no, no. Remember, he's actually in the first scene of Guardians in the Galaxy. I don't remember. When when, when Star-Lord said, you know, I'm Star-Lord, he says, who are you? Oh, he's one of the guys that... Yeah, that... he's one of the Kree. I don't remember. Right. I don't remember that. Right. You don't You don't just have all this I don't stuff re- filed in your head and figure out ways to connect him to Derville Martin in different ways? Like, you don't do that? No, I have to leave room for all of the Marx brothers. Saying <laughs> <Man>, weep owls. <laughs> weep owls. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, very all good, right. Vincent. There you go. You knocked it out the and box. Tried to keep it thematic. And you kept it thematic. All right. Very good. Very good. I saw that um Farrell Blackwell said at least Len didn't say a top five list of best slave portrayals. <laughs> God. Yes, I'm, and I'm glad you didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I knew not to go there. Yeah. yeah. And it's Jiman. Jiman. Uh, the D is silent. Thank you. Oh, like in, well, like in Django. There you I go. I should have known. It all, it all. It all. Thank you. Together. Our missionaries, that's what we call all of our fans out there in the chat for those new to the show. Our missionaries are some of the best fans ever. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate all right. That. All right. Um, <laughs> Somebody said this is the what if Len gets stoned edition of the top five. <laughs> I don't think about that. Think. That's apple juice in the glass. <laughs> there you go. All right. 
All right. And it's time for us to get into our review of Harriet. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tubman. You are welcome here anytime. If I'm free, my family should be too. I made up my mind, I'm going back. You're confident, composed, when trouble comes. You'll be ready. Papers. It says here you're five and a half feet tall. You ain't more than five feet. Must have won my high boots that day. Why are you back here? It ain't safe. I come to get you. Bring all of you to freedom. Do you know what would happen if you got caught? You got lucky, Harriet. I made a diss for all my own. So don't you tell me what I can't do. Harriet, welcome to the Underground Railroad. Everybody, everywhere is looking for you. God don't mean people to own people. Find this thief and burn her at the stake. Harriet! I would give every last drop of blood in my veins until this monster called slavery is dead. Ready? Harriet, a 2019 historical drama about the legendary abolitionist Harriet Tubman, from her escape from slavery through the dangerous missions she led to liberate hundreds of slaves through the Underground Railroad. This is the story of the heroic abolitionists. Directed by Cassie Lemons from a script written by Cassie Lemons and Gregory Allen Howard. Right. Harriet stars Joe Allen, Clark Peters, Vanessa Bell Calloway, Leslie Odom Jr., Janelle Monet, mm-hmm. and in the lead role is Harriet Tubman, Cynthia Erivo. <laughs> Harriet was the selection of Lynn Webb. Lynn, mm-hmm. how would you like to begin our conversation about Harriet? 
Well, I'm going to begin here with um, this film that I told you that I wasn't super keen. I joked about not really being mm-hmm. keen on keen on seeing it. Um, I was actually surprised that the life of Harriet Tubman had not been covered before in a feature film. Sure, right? sure, absolutely. Um, so that actually took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and another th- thing about her, so phenomenal was Harriet Tubman, ladies and gentlemen, that at one time before our most recent ex-president, the president before him, Barack Obama, was set to change the face of money Mm-hmm. So that Harriet Tubman, I think she was going to be, she was going to be the new face of the twenty dollar right, bill, right, right. Instead of Andrew Jackson, right, who is a notorious racist, right. And so, yes, right. Now, until you know, um, the subsequent president put put the kibosh on that, unfortunately. Um, but but that is that is the, the, the how significant her story. Is. Mm-hmm. This is not just someone who, you know, walked some people across the field and got them free, you know, mm-hmm. across a, a state line. No, Harriet Tubman, she was she was the real deal. Mm-hmm. Right. The legend of Harriet Tubman is more truth than legend. Right. Um, and this film is really the first attempt to really put that in a true context in film. In doing so, like the best of biopics, it takes the story and it massages it, mm-hmm. massages it for film, for action beats, um, for uh, clarity of the narrative. Um, and that's fine. We've, we're all... We, Everyone, the best biopics have done that throughout history. Absolutely. So you're you're used to that massaging of it. Um, what I think most people are not used to, though, because it's rare that you have a a, a figure from history, especially a a woman figure from history, who is such a a heroic figure mm-hmm. and not just heroic for some kind of social stance, no heroic for actual physical deeds, right? Mm-hmm. For actually being quote unquote, an action hero on the screen. And that is what this film depicts Harriet Tubman as because it is only fitting because of how incredible her story is. Harriet Tubman is a, was a woman who was born into slavery, um, even though she should not have been, the story is is told. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is born into slavery and then chooses to escape from slavery all on her own. Right. Traveling 100 miles on her own. Yeah. On by foot with maybe one or two people helping her along the way. Um, But for the most part, she is on her own. She is a woman that at least according to the movie at the time could not read or write. Yeah. Yeah. That's history. That's that's historically accurate. And that is makes it all the more amazing to, to be able to make it from 
South Carolina into Philadelphia mm-hmm. is where where she travels. I think Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Maryland. It was Maryland. I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. It was Maryland. It was because uh, she was in Dorchester, Maryland. Right. Um, and so so in in that story alone is amazing. But then the fact that she then cho- chooses to go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On her own. Yeah. And get, you know, to, to presumably to get her husband. Yes. But then winds up getting her family yeah. and friends. Yeah. And returning them on her their own a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. And then goes back again. Yeah. It can, continuously goes, goes back, back and, and forth. forth. It goes right. back and forth. That is incredible hero, uh, heroism, incredible feats of, of 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 strength, courage, bravery that you do not see depicted regularly on this on the screen in the face of a black woman. Right. And Cassie Lemons does it and does it with skill, does it with honor, but not without forgetting the story of Harriet Tubman, the woman. Right. Harriet Tubman, the the woman who left her husband because her husband was a free man mm-hmm. and she didn't want the, the chance him being caught on the road and thus losing his freedom. When she escapes on her own, she leaves him for, for solely for that reason. Mm-hmm. But then her mission is to go back and get her brothers, to get her sisters, to get her nieces, to get her, get her parents. Um, all because she wants them to have the, the same taste of freedom that she has. She rem- she is in Philadelphia where there are people are walking around who seemingly forgot what it meant to be free or many of them born into freedom. So they don't know the yoke of, of slavery. Mm-hmm. She remembers that she still carries that pain. She's still famously in a and um, in a scene. She says, you don't you don't. You're not used to the stink of of slavery mm-hmm. being on someone. Um, she knows it. It's still in her nose. And she wants to. The way she is able to kind of wash it off, she wants to be able to provide that same opportunity to to her people. And she keeps going back and forth and doing it, um, forsaking a lot of her own uh, private self love and joy. She never really. It's not until later in her life that she really even gets to appreciate the freedom that she fought so hard for. Right. Because she wants to make sure that everybody else has that freedom. Right. And all of that is right there on the screen. It is all right there on the screen in the performance of Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman um, in the direction of Cassie Lemons um, on this film. It is a film that puts you right in the in the place in the time of slavery it doesn't over it it doesn't hit you over the head with the oppressiveness of slavery right because it's 2019 when this movie comes out right by 2019 the the oppression of slavery the violence of slavery the degradation of slavery that is almost movie shorthand for a lot of people already yes right so it doesn't try to remake the wheel of that it shows you the effects of it you see it people wear those effects on the on their skin 
in in their faces um but it doesn't like beat you down with it such as like some films 12 years a slave or other films of that that nature and not knock you those films for those films have like, different things the, the different narrative purpose mm-hmm. the purpose of this film is to champion the the legend and the heroic tale of Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. and in doing so this film works marvels it works with an origin story the moment mm-hmm. when Harriet Tubman when she first steps I was about to take her steps into Pennsylvania mm-hmm. free and it was a moment she's standing there and she's standing in the sun of Pennsylvania, of Pennsylvania glowing in her face it is such a powerful moment of joy of release for her and it's all over Cynthia Revo's face i am not gonna lie i wept like a baby mm. at that i thought it it it, it worked for me I, I was there with her i i felt th- the power of like what that meant for her and it, w- it was there in that wordless scene it was beautiful there's a lot of great imagery in this movie mm-hmm. that, that really works for me um there it, it in its taking liberties, there are some characters that are created mm-hmm. solely for the film. And there's an argument to be made, okay, why did they create these characters? Sure, sure. Um, the, the, the one character, the Gideon, who is the, the son of the slave owner that owned, owned, um, owned Harriet. Right. Who more or less becomes like the big bad of the movie. Right. Um, he is a wholly created character, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the, he is—he becomes our image of like the the white slave owner right, at right, that time. Right. They were owned; her family was owned by the Brodus family. But right. Gideon Brodus is, as you said, a fictional creation. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's, he's a fictional creation, and I think it's interesting that they make him the uh, he he is a fit, uh, a fictional creation but he's a he's a younger guy he's right. shown to be maybe around the same age of Harriet right like i think it's in, it's implied that they grew up together right yeah um and i think that's interesting because while he is definitely a slave owner and has a bit of that mentality i think the idea in this film not being heavy handed in his depiction, like I said, of the violence of slavery is you, you, you buy it to a degree because it's coming from a younger person Mm -hmm. as opposed to an older, you know, slave owner who will be more steeped in it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I, at least that's the way that I read that they're trying to get, get that over right with his, with his character. Uh, then there is the character of the more or less the slave catcher mm-hmm. or slave bounty hunter, mm-hmm. as you were, as it were, bigger long, bigger long, played by friend of the show Omar Omar Dor- yeah. Dorsey, yeah, um, big 
villainous dude. Omar, I'm here to tell you, bro, I ain't like the way Philadelphia spelt, uh, smelled on your breath, man. You ain't got to say our name like that. You ain't got to say Philadelphia. You ain't got to say it like that. You ain't got to say it like that, Omar. I, I appreciate that. But that was just you playing the character, and you played it well, bro. So good on you. He killed. So he's he's good in a very limited role. I thought it expected more of him in the mm-hmm. movie, um, but he def he makes he makes the most of his moments. I don't know if the movie one hundred percent sells him as this big bad mm-hmm. as you're you're meant to. Yet he does have probably he's the instigator of probably the most violent absolutely moment in this yeah. movie when he kills another fictional character. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Janelle Monet, uh, Janelle Monet, who plays Marie Buchanan, mm-hmm. owner of a boarding house in Philadelphia, where supposedly Harriet stayed, or, and a lot of free slaves um, stay at this boarding house. Wholly created character. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't able to find out a reason for why they created created her. If I didn't, if I hadn't read that she was sure created, I would have bought it. Sure, sure. Um, so I don't, I don't mind it. Janelle Monet proves again to be a natural as an actress. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause oh yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed her performance. It was very nuanced and smart. Um, I even enjoyed Leslie Odom. Yeah. 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 As uh, William Still, uh, a, a Philadelphia abolitionist who is there to meet Harriet when she gets to Philadelphia and becomes more or less his, um, her, her M of, right. of this right. of this underground railroad, right? right. Um, which the only the the one aspect of this movie that is created whole cloth for the movie, there definitely was an underground railroad. Mm-hmm. But this underground railroad, as depicted in the movie, is surprisingly above ground, right? You right. know, with fancy affairs, right, and meetings and committees, right. It feels like it's probably some passwords and yeah, maybe some yeah, shirts, yeah. yeah it, it, that I didn't one hundred percent. That kind of like took me out of it a little bit. Right. That felt a little bit more. The funny corporate. thing. The the funny thing is that's what Frederick Douglass talks about in his slave narrative. He says the underground railroad is a little bit too above ground. Oh, does he? Yeah. But yeah. but but it's actually like you almost directly quoted Frederick Douglass just then. But from what I read, though, the whole idea of them making these so having yeah. these social gatherings like right. they did, like because they were having like like yeah. tuxedo. No no no, I hear you. Things. Yeah, but Frederick Douglass talks about basically people running their mouths too much. Oh, so that's what it is. Like okay. it's like you know he's not being as secretive. Right. Well, that's the other thing. It's supposed to be under yeah. underground. And people, you know, right. just showing up in people's right. houses and stuff like that. Like, right. Oh, well, big big up with it. I'm right. Like, right. Uh, right. You know, um, and the movie plays some some fast and loose with some of the time. You know, uh, uh, the the fugitive slave act of i believe 1850 1851 i think right Pretty, was i think when it passes th- when it passed it was it, it it actually if you look in history there's argument that she hadn't harriet hadn't actually made her first trip back yet right by then okay you can muck around you do that to heighten the heighten the drama sure and i'm fine i'm fine look if braveheart can take people from a hundred years we're, we're not, after we're not going and put them in, yeah. in their movie, yeah. then I don't have any problem right. with, 
what Cassie Lemons and the crew d- do with Harriet. Because everything you read is probably a good 90 to 95% on the on the button. Yeah, oh yeah. As far as its depiction. Um and I just really came away just really enjoying this movie. I actually it's heavy but it's not too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um it's just heavy enough because it is an action because it I think it does build itself a little bit as an action film. Yeah. And there's there's it, it's fair, not. It's not an action film. Yeah. But I see where they're trying to go there. Sure. And, sure. They, and I think they tried to be, they tried to skirt that line with being respect, respectful for what it, the you, story. You have hit the bingo. And then, you know, trying say. to blend that with the, with the action. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if 100% they, they hit it, but for me, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I liked it a lot. I did not enjoy it as much as you. And in fact, I landed on this is a solid movie, Mm -hmm. but I had to land there. Okay. For me, this film had the challenge of the weight of history. Right. To Mm -hmm. deal with. Mm -hmm. And that shows itself in two ways. First, as you mentioned, this is the only film treatment of the life of Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. which means that Cassie Lemons had to treat this as basically the statement yeah. of Harriet Tubman. She's making the statement. Which which means, and, and I'm so, you, you know, you, you use this language of a year one or origin story. Which, to risk going back into the nerd bag, one of the the, the complaints that people have had over the years with superhero movies, uh, particularly with with Batman or Spider-Man or Superman, is that they spend so much time with the origin Mm -hmm. before you get to the, frankly, the good part. Right. When we think about Harriet Tubman as Moses and this abolitionist. The film takes an hour until you get to that. The first, she doesn't escape for a half hour. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 you, you know, it talks about her early life. And then, and then there's an additional half hour with her in Philadelphia and kind of getting acclimated. And then she comes back. And as you said, she, she, she goes to, 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 to save her husband, finds out her husband is remarried. And then she begins Basically being Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. But then that means you have an hour to fit in fully actualize Harriet Tubman. And that was, it just wasn't enough for me. It felt rushed. It, it felt like the part that made Harriet Tubman's life so noteworthy needed more space. Like there's this wonderful montage with Nikki G, Nikki G, with uh, um, Nina Simone, where they show her making the trips. They're playing Center Man. They're playing Center Man. And, Best and, use of that song on film. And they are showing the way the Underground Railroad actually worked. Like, yeah. part of what was so miraculous about her traveling and escaping by herself is that that was 
damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. Like it's such an interconnected. And that wasn't the Underground Railroad. That was just her. Right. So so to escape, it's such an intricate, interconnected network that mm-hmm. gets you out. I looked it up real quick. As you said, this came out in 2019. The best depiction of the Underground Railroad has been what Misha Green did yeah. in 2016 with Underground, right. where she basically framed it as a heist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just this ongoing heist where the heist, what you're getting, is people. Mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman was known for this great spy craft. Like, you know, she used disguises. She, she, you know, she would only travel in the winter where no one would expect her. No part of the reason she could get away with it for so long is because no one knew it was this woman, this kind of small woman doing all this. Right. Like, they, as you you noted, they were looking for Moses. They're looking for Moses. So, you know, and even then they thought Moses was possibly a, a abolitionist in blackface. Right. They thought it was a white man. They thought it was a black like no one. So all of that isn't really touch like there's one moment where she's in disguise and that's not really touched on my absolute favorite part of harriet tubman's life is during the civil war where she's a spy and she goes undercover and they show what they show a scene at the very end where she commands these troops and frees all these people where you joked about harriet tubman demon slayer where she's not a demon slayer but she was damn near a superhero, mm. like for real. But because this is the Harriet Tubman film, you get the sense that Lemons wanted to get everything in. Uh-huh. I think the second thing that happens is that I got the sense that Cassie Lemons was so respectful of Harriet Tubman, the woman. And so sort of of deferential that I found a lot of the characters flat. Hmm. Like, I didn't see Harriet Tubman as a person. I saw it was almost like going to the museum and having a reenactment. I am Harriet Tubman. I was enslaved when I was this age. And then I escaped. I mean, like everything that 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 Harry Tubman says in the film, it's like all of, you know, it's like the strings and and we gonna give freedom one way or the other and everything. And it's just she never takes her cape off. You never get the sense she's a human. Okay. And to your point about the fictional characters, as you said, there was a lot of controversy mm-hmm. about the fictional characters. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, at, at the risk of being in the bag for our boy, I actually really enjoyed Bigger Long's character as a character. I really enjoyed Janelle Monet's Marie Buchanan as a character. We talked about uh, Bigger Long. Bigger Long has this partner, this young partner, Walter, yeah. who's like this kid who's always a scout and he, he sketches, but I love them as characters 
because they were actually characters. Like they actually have personal, like, like when Bigger Long is introduced, there's this wonderful moment where, where he says, you know, I'm going to help you catch these people and it's going to cost you $200. And they said, well, what are you going to do with $200? And he says, I'm going to get me enough white women to last me until February. <laughs> and it's, you know, obviously this amazingly tense scene. And it seems like there's about to be gunplay. Omar Dorsey has the world's greatest shit-eating grin. <laughs> but it's the most lively moment in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually a pop in the movie. You said it. The most graphic depiction of violence the, 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 in here is between Bigger and Marie. Yeah. Where you get the sense she mocks him, he loses control mm -hmm. and kills her. Mm -hmm. But this is like this is actually a film now. Like this isn't just something that you watch in tenth grade history class yeah. that the Smithsonian put together. Like this is now something happening. Part of the reason that I'm so adamant that this is Cassie Lemons being deferential as opposed to some um, some lack in her skill. Part of part of the Harriet Tubman thing, and they touch on this, that like Harriet Tubman had this injury when she was a child. She had spells where she would pass out. And she talked about, she would talk to God. Yeah, basically. She would talk to God. And they, they, they show this in the film where she has these visions of basically the future and they're very sepia-toned mm. and, and again, you get the strings and everything. And I have to say, whenever I think about Harriet Tubman, it's sort of like the, um, I always think about John Brown, the great abolitionist John Brown. And a lot of the scholarship now kind of theorizes that John Brown probably had some undiagnosed psychological issues. All right. But I like that because it kind of, you know, it, it kind of muddies it up a little bit, kind of makes him human. And I wanted Harriet Tubman's visions to be like, to be a little kind of unsettling, well, a little off. And what I realized was I wanted Cassie Lemons in depicting the visions of Harriet Tubman to follow the example of Cassie Lemons depicting the visions of Samuel L. Jackson's character in Caveman's Valentine, where it's the same sort of thing, but because he's a fictional character, because, you know, you get the sense that she she can make him more complicated. Mm. You have this wonderful tension where where he's also having visions and he sees angels and everything. But this is a character. Whereas Harriet Tubman almost has to be pr pristine. And, and again, you're deferential and you're respectful. And I understand it. But as a movie going experience, it left me landing on. This is OK. Like, this is OK. OK. All right. I, I hear you. I hear your critique of the depiction of Harriet Tubman, right? Of uh, being a little bit maybe one note. You don't not really feeling her as a person, right? But as I was watching it, I was reminded of speaking of films we just mentioned, 
I was reminded of Russell Crowe in Gladiator, who, for the most part, except for a moment where you see him running his hands through the fields, mm-hmm. he's pretty much one note in that film as well. He's he's the hero. I I agree, but that's sort of oranges and tangerines because Gladiator is actually an action film. Yeah, I mean... Like, you don't go to Gladiator for characterization. Fair enough, fair enough. Like I said, I think that's where this film kind of lets it down a little bit. I think they want it to be a bit of an action film. I think they, I think they, I think they do, but... There's no action for half of it. Okay, well... Like, the Cinderman montage is the great is the great action. Well, some might say, some might argue that if in the best of the contemporary action films, there's always some type of car chase, this has a chase. It's not a car chase, but it's, cha- it's them chasing Harriet. Yeah, but but again, it's like, you, and you, like I'm actually going to use your language where you talked about how these films have the shorthand at mm. this one. We all have this cinematic shorthand mm. for for slavery and even the chase scenes where they're running after her and they're you know it's actually some dogs on her on her heel like there's nothing again I felt like I was looking at a dramatization put together by the Smithsonian Mm, I will also push back that I think that as essential as you you it is for you to have Harriet Tubman her her heroism shown, you know, the, yes. the, in her fully actualized Harriet Tubman. You right. Like that, right. I, I also think that it is equally as important to show the lengths of what she went through to get there. Does it take an hour? Like, does it take half the movie? I see. I, I honestly did not mind being there. Because I I liked because I liked I liked being given the idea of exactly how um, daunting that that was for her in in the depiction of, on the wear and tear on her body and on mm-hmm. her clothes and in how how long it was and how. Every step along the way, it looks like she's maybe, all right, I'm there. Like, no, I still got to go, what, 25 more miles? Okay. Oh, I still got to go five more miles. Uh, I still got to go. I actually, I was there for that. I was, I was, I was invested in it. Um, So I didn't mind it at all. The, The time of this movie, I actually don't feel the time of this movie at all. It, Mm -hmm. it. It melted for me. Like the, the, I'm I'm not cognizant of the time until after the beat at the end where the big bads are 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 killed. Mm-hmm. And I will say, to, real quick, quick aside, that Omar does do good work and his character is there. I just don't think he's given enough to do. Sure, we don't, we don't really get the full sense of the man. Look, I I think. You couldn't have had him in there anymore because he would have took over the damn movie. Well, he could have. He would have because I don't think the the he because he's mostly partnered with our uh, Gideon. Yeah. And Gideon, I don't think is a strong performance. I think that's the worst performance of the movie. Sure, sure. Um, and Omar 
is supposed to be a little bit, you know, in status lower to than Gideon, and right. you never get that. Input. And he's bigger than life. Impression, like you realize he's playing evil Django. Right. He's right. basically evil Django. Right. But the only time I actually felt the length was after all of them are dealt with, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to Harriet uh, leading the um, the, the Union the, soldiers. The, the Union soldiers. Um, I was like, oh, wow, there's still another scene. But fortunately, that scene is, you know, right. um, shortly, quickly dealt with. Um, and then it, it cuts to credits. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it's I think it's more than just okay. I, I'm not going to get me wrong. I'm not saying this is world-breaking movie-making at all. But I think it actually is a... You ready for this? Good movie. I actually think Cynthia Revo is maybe in second gear, the whole film. Really? Uh, this is... I think Cynthia Revo's performance in this film is nowhere near as good as I've seen Cynthia Revo. Well, okay. I mean, have I seen her do better work i I'd, I'd have to think about that um and we'll have an opportunity later yes, on right, this month right but um I, I i i didn't i didn't find her in second gear i i i was there for most of most of her performance i don't think that she is i think she's brave and brave and very tenacious and then the other times she's tenacious and very brave well i guess i i, I guess she has I, a lot of faith I guess I could hear you in that if she is, I don't think she's in second gear, but I do think an argument can be made that the her characterization is a little one note mm-hmm. and thus she is constantly replaying the same beat. Right. So I guess I can, I can and again, live there. I know this is a case of the subject. Yeah. Because I'm talking about Caveman's Valentine. Eve's Bayou is is like 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 do the right thing Uptown Saturday night. I've just named all of the movies I've ever seen in my life that I like better than Eve's Bayou. Hmm. And you you know, you talk about the characters in Eve's Bayou and, and the women and, and everything. And again, I just said if Bigger was in it longer, he would have took over the movie. Janelle Monet's Marie Buchanan as this sort of this this free black woman who has this hint of haughtiness to her. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I want a movie about her. Yeah. Like just her life in Philadelphia and kind of you get the sense you get the sense that she helps these people who have just escaped from slavery mm-hmm. because she has to, but she don't really like this. <laughs> like she got, oh shit, I guess I got, fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Harry, keep coming. Oh, gosh, I ain't got but so many rooms, Harry. Oh, right, 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 right. So, to your point, I thought it was beautiful. It's a beautifully shot, mm. uh, you, you know, again, beautiful shots, but gorgeous, you know. gorgeous. I love that. I love the set design. I loved everything about it. I love the costumes. 
the hint, the look, the blues look. One one of the many moments where I was like, oh, my God, I wish this could be the whole movie. When Harriet actually becomes Harriet from the posters Mm -hmm. where she has on the hat and the gun. Yeah. And the little short blazer. I said, oh, well, see, here we go. I said, here we go. Here we when Marie taught her how to shoot the gun and then she had the gun. I said, well, okay, well, here we go. Yeah. You need more gunplay, is it so it can be a true western? But and again, not even gunplay. I just you you know. But I landed on it was solid though. You landed on it was solid. I had to get to it. But I Because I, I thought I thought it was well that first half hour was rough. I'll flip the script though. Okay. You landed on solid. Yes. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it for a couple of reasons. First first and foremost, I think you have to watch everything Cassie Lemons makes. Okay. Second, it is the only film that's ever been made about Harriet Tubman. Uh, Except for a TV movie with Cecily Tyson. I'm sorry. um, Theatrical release about Harriet Tubman. But it's a pretty low bar. And what I'm hoping is that this serves as the foundation for other films. Mm-hmm. Like like the kind of like we kind of like 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 we talk about again, just to go back to the superhero stuff. Like like you, you get, we now we got all the Smallville stuff out the way. We got Krypton blowing up out the way. Now we can get Superman too. And he fights. Some 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 Phantom Zone villains. Like now we actually get to it. Okay. Like like okay, she she you already she escaped from slavery and and our all right and then the husband said I I'd found me another wife. So now mm. you you know and now you you stumble in and now you know you're a conductor. Like I want the entire film of that Sinner Man montage. And you? Yeah. Um, I would like unabashedly recommend the movie. All right, there you go. I think everybody should see Harriet. It's very good. All right, enjoy it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our review of Harriet. Check it out on a streamer near you. Before yeah. you, before we tell you about the very, very special episode that we are doing next week with yeah. a very special guest. Yeah. I invite you to like the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and shirts and prizes that we have available for your mind pleasure by way of our good friends at Public. You can even get our Six Degrees of Durville Martin collection. Cop that. Rep your set. Rep your set, ladies and gentlemen. You can also like the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Michelle Mission. Join the Facebook group where all of our missionaries get together, share in- interesting news and commentary, and have a great old time. And me and Vince hop- pop in there with them every week just as well. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube at Michelle Mission. And you can always email us at mission at gmail.com M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N 
Or you can even leave, leave us a voicemail. They can leave us a voicemail, Vince. <laughs> 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len on this very antiquated <laughs> technology exactly what's on your mind. Call me now. Operators are standing by. See, now that we're on a set like that, I really do feel like we need that too. We need the crystal ball. We need like non extras in the back pretending like you're picking up phones. Oh, Call me now. Don't, 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 don't. See, you, you don't know. You don't, well, he doesn't know because I know him. Our, produ- our new producer, Terry, in the background, he's making a list. Just, he's just, checking it twice. Right, right, right. He's like, Len. I was only able to get four. Ah. But I've got four. <laughs> got four extras. I've got four that extras. Are pretending to right answer here. The phones. They'll share two phones. Right, right, right. <laughs> but we're gonna make we're gonna make it work. We'll just right. go back and forth right. with the cameras. Right, we're big enough phones. Because <laughs> we have because we have voicemail. We have <laughs> as one does. But you can fax us. <laughs> Grab a pigeon of your choice. <laughs> Send us. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the Michelle Mission, which uh, comes to you streaming, live stream, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Or from, you can get it on LimeWire. From, <laughs> from, from, yes, we're available as a torrent. Um, we are streaming from M-N-Y-K Studios right here in Philadelphia, ladies ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I believe I'm looking at Terry. It's M-N-Y-K Studios.com. M-N-Y-K Studios.com. Bring your podcast here and do it in style. All right. And the Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate. ThePodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Just like the class of 1989, our brand new documentary series that is available everywhere that you find podcasts, six films, one podcast, an industry and a culture changed forever. All right. All right. All right. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing something that Vincent and I have talked about doing for quite some time. And now that we are in this beautiful new set, we are taking advantage of it and we're doing it big time and that is going and revisiting a few of the select reviews that we did before the days of video so these are reviews that were only available in audio uh, uh, from our library and digging into that uh, treasure chest we have come up with a dandy for you as Vincent and I will be reviewing for the first time on YouTube Purple Rain. Yes. And to do it, we are inviting a very special guest who is a huge Prince fan as well as a noted uh, celebrity here in Philadelphia from WHYY. And a great journalist. And a great journalist. Tanya Pendleton Mm -hmm. will be here live on our set to review Purple Rain next week here on the Michaud Mission. 
So you do not want to miss no, no, that. No, no, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a very good time. Very good time. All right? Okay. Until next week, he's Vincent, I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again.